Welcome to On The Move, the global mobility podcast brought to you by Vialto Partners. Vialto is your ally in mobility, tax and immigration solutions. We spark meaningful growth for your business and your people. At Vialto, we push the boundaries of global mobility, powering positive outcomes in business and beyond. Our teams partner closely with you, providing extensive expertise and seamless tech-enabled experiences so you can mobilize a dynamic global workforce and unlock potential. Hello there. In our On The Move episode today, we are continuing our posted workers journey. I'm your podcast host, Sherry Zaid. I'm a senior manager and immigration lawyer at Vialto Partners. And today I will be discussing with my colleague Wendy how posted workers is not only an intra-EU thing and how assignments into Europe from other countries outside of the European Union may need to comply with posted workers' obligations. Wendy, welcome to On The Move. Thanks, Shirazadi. Perhaps a brief introduction of myself as well. I'm Wendy Tonen. I'm a director in the Dutch practice of Vialto Partners and responsible in that role for everything that has to do with posted workers' directive in Europe. Perfect. Thank you so much. So as you can all see, we have another expert on posted workers talking to us from Netherlands. And well, Wendy, let's start with the main question that everyone has. Do the obligations for posted workers apply for people being sent from a non-EU country? Yes, Shirozadi, I think that's a very good question. And I think also one of the well-known misconceptions, because in Europe, more than 50% of the countries apply the posted workers directive worldwide. So, for example, in the Netherlands, it's rather easy. Uh, We only apply the posted workers directive for employers who are posting employees from an EU country from the EEA or Switzerland, whereas there are also countries like France that apply a global concept. So also a US employer posting people into France will need to do a posting declaration in France. And as said, that's even more than 50%. That's amazing because I don't think that people know that. And also like something very, very important. When we say that posted workers may apply, it does not mean that every person that you send on assignment will require a posted worker. There are cases in which when the person needs a work permit, so let's say US national being sent to France, they will need a work permit and therefore they may not need a posted worker anymore because they already have the immigration requirements, right? But for other people, or if you have your sending, basically EU nationals that are hired in the US, in Mexico, in any non-EU country. Well, they don't need a work permit, but they may need a posted worker, right, Wendy? Yeah, that's correct. And and even I know there are countries that uh, have a double level or requirement, like again in the Netherlands, and Netherlands is easy for me as I come from the Netherlands, but it was mentioned in the legislative bills that if there is a migration requirement that we will not do any posted workers declarations, but eventually that never reached the final legislative bill. And as such, it is possible that an EU employer sending an American into the Netherlands, that he has to do a migration requirement as well as a notification under the posted workers directive. So I think this always requires like a case-by-case analysis to be sure on the requirements. Perfect. So just to summarize, so... If immigration requirements are fulfilled, sometimes you still need a posted worker. And when there is no immigration requirements, you may need a posted worker. So please check with your advisor. 
Another thing that I want to mention, like posted workers, is of special relevance for non-EU nationals that are in the EU. So if you have a non-EU national that is working with a local hire permit in an EU country and they're going to another EU country, yes, they may have a work permit exemption like Van der Elst or other types of work permit exemptions, but that doesn't mean that they don't need a posted workers. So please do not only look at your EU nationals in EU when you're thinking about your posted workers program. And... I guess, Wendy, moving to, to the next point, now that we've clarified a bit the, the population that may be affected, which entity is actually responsible for the posted worker requirements? Is the sending or the receiving entity? Well, in practice, all the obligations under the posted workers directive, from submission of the notification to the document retention requirements, are on behalf of the sending entity to fulfill. Though I think specifically for a group of uh, intra-group postings, we see that the companies ask the local HR teams to support to fulfill the requirements under the Posted Workers Directive, but they need to bear in mind that it is always the sending entity who has the formal obligation to fulfill the conditions and that any lack of compliance can result in economic fines or other sanctions like reputational damage. And I think that's mainly relevant for, for example, service providers or consultants who send people to client sites in other EU countries, because, of course, they need to be very much aware that they adhere to the requirements their recipients expect from them. That's very, very important to mention. So, yes, you can trust the local HR or you can trust your client, but please make sure that they're doing what they need to do, because the obligation is still on the sending entity's part, right? And just to confirm, are there any exceptions to the sending entity responsibility or something else that we need to know? No, actually not. So it's always the sending entity's obligation because they also ask the receiving entity to do a verification of the notification that has been posted. So in practice, and that's just the Netherlands, there's not any other EU country that has such a scheme. But in practice, in the Netherlands, for any employee coming from an EU employer into the Netherlands, Dutch employer, the Dutch receiving company has an obligation under the Posted Workers Directive as well. Because they need to verify that the posting declaration that has been done is correct, or they need to inform the authorities of any missing notification. And if they don't comply with those requirements, they can be fined with fees up to 1500 euros per case. Okay, and that's obviously 1500 euros per case in fines only for the host entity, but that does not mean that there are no, there could be more fines, there could be more penalties for the sending entity who also has an obligation. And then in every other country, fines and sanctions would be on the sending entity. And like Wendy, I know that this is a topic that has been addressed many, many times, but people are like, well, there are all of these posted worker obligations, but actually they're not real. Government authorities are not looking at them. So what do you think? Like, do we have any real examples of fine sanctions problems? Yes, I think we do. So I think just one or two weeks ago, the Belgian newspapers were all over the topic on the fact that the Belgian authorities are really focusing on audits on shipyards. And they're auditing also from a PWD perspective. So we've seen clients being fined, organizations being fined, or even projects uh, temporarily being stopped as a result of non-compliance. But also we recognize, for example, a high level of audits in France. So we see organizations that receive 
employees out from from outside of France that they ask their vendors, um, their service providers, that they just carry the I think it's a SIPSI notification in France. So we've seen, for example, uh, that consultants were are, are just rejected to enter client premises because of non-compliance with that fact, just as a result of the fact that the organizations in France are just, just afraid to be penalized for the fact that their vendors are not operating very well. And I would like to mention, because obviously this episode is focusing also on like how this affects non-EU companies, right? And many non-EU companies are thinking like, well, I don't have a branch, I don't have an entity in the European Union, I'm just sending my people there, so how are they going to find me? I won't have any sanctions. Just to let you know, like even if a company is not based in the host country to which they're sending the posted workers, the European Union has now established mechanisms to find the companies based in other EU countries directly, so they can send through judicial or administrative authorities financial penalties directly to an authority in another EU country, and that penalty is automatically recognized and executed in that second country without any further formality, as if it were a national penalty. This is uh, happening, this is real, it's been active for a couple of years. And on top of that, if the sending entity, who is again responsible for the fines and penalties, is from outside the European Union without any branch or company establishment in the European Union, repayment requests are more difficult, but they are changing them, the authorities are changing them to other non-monetary fines. So what they're doing is like they're prohibiting new hires, they're forbidding sponsoring of work permits, they're putting other non-pecuniary sanctions, basically non-monetary, to difficult or impossibilitate in total the sending of posted workers or the commercial activities of those non-EU entities. And um, I believe, Wendy, that you also have an example of how they're doing this with social security, right? Yeah, so what we see is that they're leveraging more and more data. So not only from the notifications, but also other data. So we just recently have experienced that there were some audits on client premises that the client reported that they had postings into their premises under the electronic system in which A1 statements, so for social security purposes, are registered. And they've mentioned the fact that they were posting people into a certain country. And then it was very easy for the authorities to to, to find out that there was not a notification. And they, they simply just visited the premises like, well, why do you have those A1s for the people and don't have notifications in place or vice versa? So this is like, a great summary so everyone please be very very cautious of who you're sending to where you're sending them regardless of the nationality regardless of where they are hired they may be a posted worker and basically like i think the last question that people may have because for example for intracorporate transfers in the european union there are normally limitations of three years for all the types of um, assignments or sub-assignments that are set in time limitations. So is there a maximum duration for someone that would qualify as a posted worker to come to Europe or to go within Europe? Yeah, and I think that's a really good question, Sierrazani. I think formally not. So I think it could be an employee for one day up to an indefinite period of time. I think that the terminology is only applicable to the fact that there should be a certain duration or a limit on it, but it can be any period from one to three to five years. I think what is important to be aware of, but that's not the topic of, of the podcast of today, but of course, depending on the length of the posting into um, the other country, other rules with regards to the mandatory labor law provisions might of course apply. So the duration of the 12 months period there is not the maximum posting, but it triggers different allocation of um, entitlements to mandatory labor law provisions. 
And this is something that we will be discussing in our next episode about remuneration obligations, the transparency directive and everything that you should know and all the things that you should be doing that you may not be aware of. So I would just like to finalize this episode by thanking Wendy. I think that everyone knows now that posted workers is also applicable to non-EU nationals or employees coming from outside the EU. Immigration may restrict the application of posted workers or it may be a double obligation and the sending entity is always responsible. I would say that those are the three main concepts that you need to bring home with you today. For more updates, keep listening to our podcast series on posted workers. Thank you so much, Wendy. A pleasure. Thank you, Sherzad. Thanks for joining us for today's episode or On The Move. As always, we're here to help you navigate the challenges of operating a global workforce. So keep an eye open for all the topics that might be of interest to you. And maybe even subscribe so that you don't miss out on a future episode. If you have any questions about the Posted Workers Directives and how it might impact your organization, please reach out to us or your usual be out to contact. That's it for us. So until next time, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to On The Move, the global mobility podcast brought to you by Vialto Partners. For more information, please visit us at www.vialto.com. Vialto Partners and Vialto refers to the subsidiaries of CD&R, Galaxy UK Opco Limited, as well as the other members of the Vialto Partners Global Network. The information contained in this podcast is for general guidance on matters of interest only. Vialto is not responsible for any errors or omissions, or for the results obtained from use of this information.